This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to episode 47 of AFF On Air. I'm Matt Graham and it's Saturday the 17th of October 2020. In today's episode, I chat to the Chief Operations Officer at Flybys, the loyalty program of Coles, Kmart and many other retailers in Australia. It's a quite an interesting and wide-ranging discussion, so I hope you'll enjoy it and maybe even learn a few things. But first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. And hasn't it been an extraordinary fortnight for Virgin Australia? In a few weeks, Virgin will come out of voluntary administration, but its future remains far from certain following the extraordinary revelations this week that CEO Paul Scurra will leave the organisation as soon as Bain Capital takes control of the company in early November. Replacing Scurra will be former Jetstar CEO Jane Herdlicker, who is reportedly feared by unions as a ruthless and heartless negotiator. Officially, Paul Scarra says he made the decision to step down after discussing it with his family. He said that the time feels right and that he knows the business will now be in good hands. But there are very strong rumours that Scarra was forced out of the position or chose to leave because he fundamentally disagreed with the direction Bain has taken the airline. Back when Bain Capital was announced as the preferred buyer of Virgin Australia, many feared that rather than doing what they said they were going to do, the US private equity firm could be trusted and could just slash and burn ahead of a quick sale of the airline. And for many, their worst nightmares are now coming true. The removal of CEO Paul Scarrow, who Bain Capital had repeatedly and publicly backed since they agreed to buy Virgin, only scratches the surface, unfortunately. The new owners are also now trying to negotiate with the various unions, and those negotiations over enterprise bargaining agreements are not going well. Bain wants to slash pilots' pay by around 30-40%, to and cut flight attendant pay significantly as well. Flight attendants would also lose their overnight allowance, which is around $125 a night each night that they're away from home, and their duty time limit would also be increased from 9.45 hours to 12 hours per shift, which would make same-day return trips from Sydney or Brisbane to Perth possible. Virgin's customers are also starting to feel let down. Many have not received refunds for flights that Virgin had cancelled, And earlier this week, it also emerged that Virgin Cabin crew are taking sick leave to avoid dealing with business class passengers that are unhappy about being served two-minute noodles as the in-flight meal. And unfortunately, that's a pretty accurate reflection of where Virgin is right now. In fairness to Virgin, their website does say that complimentary meals and the purchase of additional food and drinks will not be available on board, but they do promise that each guest is going to be served a snack and water regardless of the cabin, and even that's not really happening at the moment. Virgin is um, so, so low on stock that it's now rationing the snacks it serves to economy class passengers, and there's no longer any Diet Coke or wine for business class passengers. They're out and not getting any more stock. But catering woes aside, there is still also no indication if or when Virgin Australia's lounges will reopen. There's now speculation that Bain Capital could close even more lounges than they originally announced. And now Virgin is also cutting some of the benefits offered to frequent flyers when travelling with international partner airlines. Velocity Frequent Flyer announced this week that it will no longer award points or status credits on any code share flights with a VA flight number that are operated by international partner airlines. 
In addition, Velocity members no longer have access to any Alitalia, Hainan Airlines or Hong Kong Airlines airport lounges. Velocity point upgrades on Delta are being discontinued. And Velocity members can no longer request complimentary Comfort Plus upgrades when flying with Delta in or to the United States. Interestingly, Qantas frequent flyers also recently lost access to main cabin extra seating when flying with American Airlines, which is basically the equivalent of Comfort Plus on Delta. But that's not unique to Qantas flyers. American has removed this benefit for all One World Partner Elite members. The changes to velocity benefits with Delta are somewhat understandable given the joint venture agreement has been paused. But removing lounge access with those three partner airlines and cutting points and status credits on code share tickets is just bizarre. Perhaps Virgin is um, going to stop selling code share flights altogether. All of this is leaving Velocity frequent flyer members uh, wondering if there's any point retaining their loyalty to Virgin Australia. They don't feel like Virgin's being loyal to them. And many are now considering jumping ship to Qantas. So watch this space. Now, all of this doesn't mean that Velocity Frequent Flyer is not still trying to drum up business. It recently extended its offer of 30% off Velocity reward seats in business class on domestic flights, and it's now also giving 30% off the Velocity points required for reward seats in economy class on selected Virgin Australia domestic routes. And that particular offer expires next Tuesday, although you can travel anytime until September 2021. If you've got Velocity points still in your account, perhaps this might be a good opportunity to spend some of them. Velocity is also now giving away 100% bonus points if you buy Velocity frequent flyer points. And we often see these kinds of bonuses from US airlines or the likes of Avianca Life Miles, but this is quite unusual for Virgin Australia. Velocity does sell points through its website and it has offered bonus points before, but usually only around 20% bonus points, not 100%. And honestly, it looks to me like they're getting a bit desperate for some uh, for some revenue here. In other news, Qantas yesterday operated its first international passenger flight since June. QF143 departed Sydney just after 10am yesterday bound for Auckland, New Zealand. It later returned uh, back to Sydney as QF146 with New Zealanders on board that no longer have to quarantine when they get to Sydney. Yesterday marked the first step towards a long-awaited Trans-Tasman bubble, with New South Wales, the Northern Territory and the ACT removing their hotel quarantine requirements for travellers coming from parts of New Zealand that are not declared COVID-19 hotspots. And at this point, there is nowhere in New Zealand that is declared a hotspot. Travellers just need to have been in New Zealand for the last 14 days, complete an Australian Government Health Declaration and wear a mask on board the flights to Australia, which is mandatory. But unfortunately, it is only a one-way travel bubble at this point. New Zealanders will still need to isolate for two weeks when they return home, and Australians still need special permission to leave the country. But hopefully it's one of the first of of many more steps towards reopening trans-Tasman travel in the future. As a result of the partial border reopening, Qantas is now running two weekly Auckland to Sydney flights. It had originally planned to run more and also flights from Christchurch to Sydney, but these have been scrapped for now. Jetstar has also relaunched three weekly Auckland to Sydney flights. Air New Zealand has continued operating flights throughout this whole period and will keep doing so, Um, but Air New Zealand will no longer have to restrict the number of passengers it carries on its flights from Auckland to Sydney. 
Virgin Australia, though, said it would not be resuming any flights to New Zealand until quarantine travel is permitted in both directions. Yesterday's flight to Auckland was the first international passenger flight for the Flying Kangaroos since June, but Qantas could soon be operating a few more international flights, um, not only from Auckland to Sydney, but um, other destinations overseas as well, following announcement that the federal government will charter Qantas planes to fly Australians from London, Delhi and possibly also Johannesburg to Darwin, where returning travellers will be quarantined for two weeks in Howard Springs upon their arrival. The repatriation flights could start as early as next week. It's understood the charter flights would be able to carry passengers in both directions. In the meantime, Qantas has still been operating some freight flights to Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong and China using Airbus A33300s. And the national carrier did pull out one uh, of its Boeing 787 Dreamliners out of storage last weekend to operate a quite well-covered eight-and-a-half-hour scenic sightseeing flight over Australia. The flight departed Sydney in the morning, flying north along the east coast, where it did low flyovers over the Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, and the Whitsundays. It then turned towards Uluru, where it did some flyovers of Uluru and Katachuta before returning to Sydney, of course flying over Sydney Harbour on the way in. Locals in the Sunshine Coast were waiting on a beach there with a message for the flight that read, Visit us for real. Now, by all accounts, the flight, which sold out quite famously in just 10 minutes, was a huge success. There were several AFF members on board that flight, and they all said that they had a really great day. The airline has copped a little bit of criticism for the flight, with some calling it a waste of money and others questioning the environmental impact of an eight-and-a-half-hour flight to nowhere. But Qantas has said that it will offset the carbon emissions generated by this flight. Qantas Link will launch flights from Sydney to Marimbula on the New South Wales south coast in December, prompting the incumbent airline Rex to angrily and, well, quite predictably withdraw from the route. And the number one airport lounges are no longer part of the Priority Pass network. Number one lounges operates airport lounges in the international terminals of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane airports, as well as quite a few locations across the UK. That's another hit for Priority Pass members, which already have access to very few lounges in Australia at the moment because most of them are closed. That's what's making news this fortnight on Australian Frequent Flyer. For more regular news updates and deals, subscribe to the Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook. Visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au for the details. Well, Flybys is the loyalty program of Coles, Target, Kmart, Liquorland, and many other Australian retailers, and it's Australia's third largest loyalty program behind only Qantas and Velocity Frequent Flyer, so I'm sure that many of our listeners are aware of it and are probably also members. Phil Hawkins was the head of loyalty operations and is now the chief operations officer at Flybys in Australia, and I have the pleasure of speaking to Phil on the podcast today. Welcome, Phil. Thanks, Matt. I'm glad to be here with you. So Flybys has been around for about as long as any uh, major Australian loyalty program, except maybe Qantas Frequent Flyer. So it's, it's been around for since 1994, I believe, and um, you've been around since pretty much the beginning. Um, so I wanted to get your perspective on how it's evolved over those years. So initially, I believe Flybys points were only redeemable for flights, and although that's still an option, there are now many other redemptions available. So I guess how did it work back in the beginning, and how how has the program changed over these years? 
Yeah, look, it was a very exciting time, and I was back with Flybys at the very start. I've had three stints with the Flybys over the years that's covered most of that time. And yes, Flybys is now 26 years old. Um, when Flybys was launched, uh, it was Australia's first significant shopping rewards program. The retail landscape, of course, was way different then. And even the frequent flyer programs that were about seven years old at that stage, back then, your only points came from flying. So the opportunity to reward Australian households for their everyday spending had great appeal. And as you said, the original sole reward was flights, hence that led to the name Flybys. And, and flights, particularly back then, had great aspirational appeal. As you fast forward over 26 years, well, we have 8.5 million active members and that is more active members than the programs that you've just mentioned. Ah. Um, so I do contest your your uh, statement yeah. about the largest uh, uh, program. And, you know, it's be, I suppose the flybys card has become a, a part of people's retail lives um, over those years. Flybys card is swiped 15 times every second around Australia. Wow. Two-thirds of Australian households are active in the program, and that that choice of a flight reward has now expanded as you suggested into a, a thousand reward choices yeah so so you mentioned that flyby as you, you believe is actually the most um ha- has the most active members in australia um that's really interesting why, why do you say that so when programs are asked how many members they have um it's a bit like asking for oranges and apples mm. um and uh flyby's membership uh, statistics are based on activity. Um, essentially, if you're not active for 12 months, not only will we uh, expire your points per program terms and conditions, but we actually close your membership. Um, that's not the basis under which other programs quote their membership. Um, some programs quote an ever-joined membership. So they can include long-latched members, and in some cases, not accusing anybody, but can also include deceased members. Uh. Um, so, uh, in a sense, um, it's 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 dangerous to make that comparison. Um, uh, and so, one has to treat with caution uh, quoted public membership figures. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because I know most people, um, if their relative um, passes away, are not going to call up Qantas Frequent Flyer or Velocity Frequent Flyer and say, hey, close close their account. <laughs> so as you say, they could include a lot of inactive members. That's really interesting. Yeah, and look, in that regard, if you want to get a sense, the annual Australian Loyalty Program uh, study by the Point of Loyalty, they actually ask the question, what loyalty programs uh, are you a member of? That gives you a much better guide of active membership because uh, you're probably not going to say uh, you're a member if you can't remember that you're in it. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, now, you mentioned that, um, that the reward options have expanded over the years. They were originally just flights, but now obviously much many more things. You can redeem for flybys dollars. You can redeem for products from the store or for um, even transfer to velocity points. Now, we often make jokes on Australian Frequent Flyer about people redeeming their points for toasters, but I'm interested whether toasters is actually quite a popular redemption for you. I have to say that there are a significant amount of Australian households that redeem their points for toasters. But um, to your point, Matt, um, we are ambivalent about uh, 
what members uh, choose to redeem their points for. We don't push them in any particular direction. And it's really important for our program that we give a very wide choice. We know that uh, options such as travel, flights, um, luxury items at, at one end of the scale appeal, appeal to some members. Way at the other end of the scale, when we get we get feedback around Christmas time that some members say to us, "Thank you, flybys. Without the points, I wasn't able to. I wouldn't have been able to afford uh, Christmas for the kids or to have the family over for Christmas." So many different strokes for many folks, and and that's why you know we're very happy to offer a large amount of reward choices. Oh, that's great. And that that's a, it must be very satisfying when you hear those kinds of stories as well. That, that's wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it just reflects to me the large diversity of Australian households um, uh, and, and for a program like Flybys to be able to cater and reward that diversity of households. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, what are some of the more recent updates and changes to flybys that you're able to share with our listeners? So we're quite excited in the last uh, month or two with added uh, catch to the program, mm-hmm. and you know if you think particularly about um, uh, the pandemic and uh, the move towards a lot of uh, online options to be able to partner with you know a real rising star like catch. Um, has been quite exciting uh, for flybys and the opportunity for flyby members to be rewarded at a point per dollar when they transact with catch or two points per dollar if they were a club catch member. You know, um, at the end of the day, we like to be able to offer rewards for things that Australian households do and increasingly they do things like um, uh, making purchases online from catch. And so uh, one of the um, partnerships you introduced a few years ago was with Velocity Frequent Flyer and um, certainly among Australian Frequent Flyer members, the ability to redeem flybys points for Velocity points has been very popular. Um, Virgin obviously has been having some issues this year. It's um, It went into administration back in April and um, it's still going through a bit of a rough time at the moment. And when that happened, um, a lot of AFF members were saying that flybys became a bit less relevant just because they didn't, for a while, they couldn't redeem their points uh, for velocity points, but also they didn't see the appeal in velocity points. Um, and there was one member on AFF who posted, yeah, that they're feeling very uninspired to collect flybys points with all the uncertainty. Um, and they were wondering if there might be a better range of um, partners, like if if, if um, flybys would be um, looking at... Sh- um, opening up the ability to transfer points to maybe some other programs or even hotel programs um, to get around that. But I guess, firstly, how how important is a partnership like Velocity to the Flybys program? Yeah, it's really important, Matt. We enjoy a productive and cooperative, cooperative uh, relationship and partnership with Velocity. You know, with a name like Flybys, flying has always resonated as a reward opportunity for our members. And alongside Flybys Travel, the partnership with Velocity was an appealing option for Flybys. And when we began the partnership in 2016, it was really clear to us that the opportunity to transfer Flybys points to Velocity clearly resonated with a, you know, quite a, a quite meaningful group of Flybys members. And additionally, we were excited that we were able to offer Flybys members 
uh, the ability to accrue glossy status credits from shopping yes. at Coles supermarkets and their liquor brands. Yeah, that's a great as feature. As a kind of unique, unique, unique feature in the marketplace. Um, we, so we get a lot of feed, positive feedback from that. In terms of um, you know what's been, been happening during the pandemic, what we've, we've maintained really close contact with Velocity throughout the the pandemic and and the process that Virgin Australia has gone through. You know, Velocity has been really forthcoming with information to us, and we've been working closely with them. And we really look really look forward to working productively with them as travel progressively opens up. Clearly, it has had an impact on. You know the, the the cases that you've you've provided. Having said that, there've been plenty of flybys members still transferring their points to Velocity over the period and taking advantage of um, the various uh, transfer bonuses that we've been able to offer during that time. Okay, yeah. And do you think like is is flybys? Um, I know you're probably not willing to um, share any sort of like secrets, but is Flybys open to more partnerships with different airlines or different other loyalty programs? Uh, I'd probably go back to the statement I made earlier. We're, we're interested in being able to offer benefits and rewards to things that Australian households do. And um, so um, the opportunity to come up with new partnerships you know, the, the kinds of considerations we take are: Will this appeal to a large group of members? Um, you know, these, these partnerships uh, need to be set up carefully, and they require, you know, a, a deal of planning, preparation, and and effort to get going. So, you know, we ask ourselves: Is this something that that a significant proportion of Flybys members would be engaged in? And that and that guides our actions generally. So I, I realise I haven't answered the question directly, but that's, I think that's a way of, you know, yep. not ruling it out, not ruling it in. <laughs> okay. Uh, you get my meaning. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And I know certainly when the Etihad guest partnership was available a few years back, that was also quite popular, um, certainly with Australian frequent flyer members. Um, so it would, would be nice to see some more options, but um, I think you've, you've covered that. Um now, apart from the issues with Virgin, obviously this year has been a challenging one in terms of the um, the pandemic. And I know certainly back in in March there was issues with panic buying and things like that. Um, I guess what are some of the ch- uh, challenges that Flybys has faced due to COVID nineteen? Yeah, it's been a fascinating time, Matt. Um, it's really provided the opportunity for us to support our our partner brands through very challenging circumstances. A good example of that has been the support we've provided for Coles supermarkets as it's it's worked through a range of changing operating conditions. And, mm. you know, in my view, this is where a program like Flybys moves beyond the more day-to-day communication of offers and, and where we've been, been able to support critical communications for Coles at quite short notice to advise, you know, in the early days, product restrictions, uh, ongoing changes to op- opening hours, changes to online delivery arrangements and providing a whole lot of in-store safety information. And, you know, those communications that we've sent widely to many Australian households have been have been super engaging. Um, it's also meant that thinking about our traditional kind of personalised offers, they've needed to evolve in response, mm. you know, in that any product offers that we make are in the full knowledge that there's sufficient stock holding, which of course 
you know, through through particularly the early times was quite challenged. Now, look, more widely, there have been obvious impacts on uh, travel-related offerings, you know, such as Flybys Travel and our partnership with Velocity. And on the reward side, you know, like others, there have been more challenges in sourcing merchandise rewards and impact um, on delivery times. So I think like a lot of other businesses, it's just been a matter of uh, going with the flow and, and reacting quickly to change circumstances. Mm. Yeah, it's been a challenging year for, for everyone, certainly, and, and Flybys is obviously not immune to that. Uh, you mentioned before that you yeah. had to um, look look quite closely at the personalised offers you were sending to members, um, you know, to make sure that there was stock available and things like that. Um, just more generally on, on the earning side and on, on those targeted offers that are sent to members, how, how important do you think those um, offers are in members' decisions to shop at Coles rather than to shop at a competing supermarket? I mean, this... For me, this is absolutely super mission critical for our business. Now, loyalty program practitioners often talk about the um, so-called value exchange that essentially asserts that loyalty program members are happy for their information to be collected, such as transaction information, if they feel there's benefit in return. So it's so important for us that using that information, we make offers to Flybys members that are relevant, attractive, Timely, um, you know, we communicate a lot to Flybys members, and the last thing we want to be doing is spamming them. So, you know, every communication we make to Flybys members uh, is sacred, and mm-hmm. and so we put a lot of energy into making sure um, that you know the offers that we make are, are relevant and are attractive enough for them to respond to. And you know, digital marketing is. Uh, provides plenty of opportunities to get, you know, feedback from your communications around, around whether you're doing a good job or not. So there's, in, 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 a, in a sense, there's, there's no excuse not to do uh, a good job and to respond to uh, how your members are, are reacting and responding to the, the offers that we make. And as you say, there's nothing worse than being spammed with offers that are completely irrelevant to you. And, and Flybys doesn't do that. I have to say they are pretty good generally. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's a, I suppose it's the it's a nature of the beast that sometimes you only get noticed when you don't get it quite right. And you know, as a um, you know, it, it's 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 just a a very uh, critical measure that we apply against ourselves to make sure we do as best a job as we can. Mm. As I'm sure you're probably aware. Um... A lot of Australian frequent flyer members do try to game the system, not only with flybys, but with many loyalty programs, um, and in particular with uh, with the flybys offers, though. And I'm curious, as someone who was working for flybys, do you encourage gaming of the program, or do you kind of frown upon that kind of behaviour? On the very positive side of it, Matt, you know, um, seeing mem- members that are very, very engaged with the program is, you know, is 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 something that we encourage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very aware that there are a range of members who look very, very closely at the way we construct our promotions, and uh, and we're also aware that that um, you know a, a lot of members um, work out the way to optimise their membership and derive the maximum benefit. And at the end of the day, that's something we encourage because they are engaged. Um, there is a, there's there's responsibility on us that we pose our promotions in a way that 
that you know generates the the um, the, the right kind of response yep. <laughs> from members. Um, but but by and large, you know, we're comfortable, and when someone is very engaged, generally you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and I guess like yeah, on that sense, you have to be a little bit careful when you are constructing the promotions in case there's any loopholes or things like that that people will pick up on. Yeah, and we we know there's a group of members who who are very good at pressure testing our promotion <laughs> set up in that regard. Yeah, and I'm sh- I'm sure some of them are probably on our forum, but there you go, it's encouraged behaviour, guys. <laughs> um, Without giving away any trade secrets, I'm curious um, what the strategy is behind the um, promote, like the offers where you give away free products. So sometimes you get an email um, where you can activate an offer to get a, a product from Coles at no cost. Um, what's the the benefit behind doing that? Well, it's a you know this, this is an example where the power of power of the information and and using the information we glean from Solidise members is is really beneficial. Um, and, it, and if and if if you think about it was quite challenging for a supermarket like Coles when they're bringing on new products to effectively, you know, test them. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, they used fairly basic attempts to do that. So, for example, one opportunity is to just put a new product in um, uh, a Coles online delivery, for example, um, which, you know... Um, was, was about as, as good as they uh, as could be done. Um, with flybys, if 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 Coles is bringing in a new product type, type, so let's say a new energy drink, then clearly there's an opportunity for for us to go out to members who we know are interested in those types of products and say, hey, if you try this new energy drink, it's on the market. We'd be keen to know what you think of it because when people take advantage of that free. Uh, sample or that free product um, what we do is within the next week or two we will send out a communication to say how did that go and so that information goes back directly to Coles and so it provides a perfect feedback loop uh, you know in addition to the monitoring you know, the, I suppose the sales from a new product to get some instant feedback to liaise with the supplier of that product around that new product so it's in essence, a, a fairly, fairly simple and perhaps straightforward way, but very effective um, in, um, in very useful information to Coles and its suppliers. Oh, okay, interesting. So that's a win-win then for both the, the member and, and for Coles. So that's great. Uh, absolutely. You can't yeah. get much better than free, can you, Matt? No, no that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, um, last year, um, your competitor Woolworths Rewards increased the rate at which points are converted from Woolworths Rewards to Qantas points. So it was 2,000 points is worth 870 frequent flyer points, and that went up to 1,000. Um, flybys is still 2,000 flybys points to 870 velocity points. Um, I'm just curious, um, how much notice do you take of, um, of what your competitors are doing, and um, does flybys have any plans maybe to match that increase? So as a general response, look, you know, the last 26 years, the Australian loyalty market has grown and matured and annual surveys show the amount of activity in the the loyalty marketplace. For us, it does remain critical that the program stays relevant and it stays attractive. You know, I think in the the old days, one would measure that by the ability ability for the flybys card to remain in a prominent place in someone's personal wallet. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different in today's digital environment because that but I suppose it extends to making the card easily accessible in any format. Um, 
we undertake our own brand tracking to monitor flybys relevance and attractiveness to in Australian households. Um, I suppose separate to that, uh, benchmarking provided by the annual consumer survey undertaken by the point of loyalty is really valuable to us. And, you know, the fact that those surveys have marked Flybys as the most popular law program in Australia over the last six years that the surveys have been done is clearly encouraging mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. But uh, to your question, it's important that we retain the, the relevance and attractiveness. Um, the uh, example you've given um, regarding the the, the uh, attraction of the conversion rate, something with, clearly we've noted, uh, You'll also note that when we offer uh, with velocity transfer bonuses, it essentially provides a very similar offering. Uh, mm. But of, of course, we we monitor movements in the loyalty marketplace, and you know if our overall strategy is governed by a need to remain attractive um, and relevant, then you know, that that generally guides our action. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, now, uh, last year, uh, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware, the ACCC handed down a report into what it called loyalty schemes. I'm not sure about the term loyalty schemes. They're not really schemes, they're programs. But anyway, um, in the report, the um, ACCC criticised the practice of, uh, of various different supermarket loyalty programs in collecting data about members' transactions, even if they don't scan their loyalty card. And um, Flybys did put in a submission to that report, which said... And I'll just quote here, where a member makes a purchase at Coles without swiping their card, flybys may access the member's transactional data via Coles system solely for the purpose of allowing flybys to better tailor offers to that member. Uh, and th- that was uh, criticised by the ACCC. So I'm just curious if this still happens, and if so, um, um, how flybys justifies that. Yeah, we looked carefully, very carefully at the ACCC's comments around loyalty programs more generally. And yes, you're correct that amongst the the range of comments they made, one was specifically about linking payment cards to member profiles. So firstly, um, we don't collect or store payment card details of members, uh, which people might have interpreted from the way the uh, ACCC commentary went. Um, but in specific response to the ACCC's comments, um, we're proposing to no longer use swipe uh, that so non-swipe data uh, for for direct targeting purposes. Okay, so does does it still happen now? Um, you'll appreciate that the systems that that govern this, not just with flybys, but but um, within uh, coals. Uh, there's a, quite a deal of uh, effort to make any variation um, to those, you know, I suppose, processing arrangements. So um, we are in the process of doing that at the moment. Okay, no, fair enough. Now, moving on, in 2018, Flybys began trialling a subscription service, uh, which I believe was called Flybys Max, and it was an interesting proposal. So um, under the trial, members would pay $10 a month and receive, I think it was bonus Flybys points on fresh produce, uh, fuel, free delivery on online orders and access to a streaming service. Uh, We haven't really heard much more about the Flybys Max trials since then. I'm just wondering if it's still happening. So, yes, we, we did uh, construct that trial with a, a group of Flybys members and um, 
during the trial, uh, there were various tweaks. And look, it was really important for us in, in conducting that trial that we, we learn a lot, um, and we did. Um, just recently, we've now com- concluded the trial for the time being. But we are, uh, we are open to considering uh, subscription models in the future, but we are reflecting on, on our, our learning to date from that trial. Okay, no worries. And just finally, you've been at Flyby's, um, uh, you, you mentioned in, in three stints, but for most of uh, the time since it's launched, uh, what's a career highlight for you at your time at Flyby's? Yeah, look, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a fascinating time to be involved with the program uh, in three stints over such a long period. Uh, you know, I think I think going back to the launch in 1994, Matt, which I can I still can still recall. Um, <laughs> you know, you, there was such a sense of this was such a brand new concept for Australian households, and I suppose there was a lot of nervous excitement about, you know, would this, to use a pun, would this would this program fly? And so the fact that way back then we recruited a million households in six weeks was wow. pretty stunning. We actually ran out of plastic cards at one stage and I think a couple, I think a collector's item is the cardboard cards that we issued for a couple of weeks back in late 1994. Oh. I think, you know, fast forwarding from that, we had a really significant relaunch of the program in 2012 uh, where there were a lot of positive changes to the program. Uh, with a really new and kind of improved offering, more points, more partners, more rewards. And, and our quite audacious, courageous step was we actually mailed all of Australia, not just existing members. And so, you know, that was a very bold move and uh, needed a lot of uh, cooperation from uh, the likes of Australia Post and, and others to affect that. Um, but I remember, I think it was a long weekend and we sent out, you know, truck after truck after truck, cars all over Australia. That was quite exciting. But, you know, if I, if if I reflect on the overall time with Flywise, you know, I think as a kind of a rewards business and a data business, being at the forefront these days of marketing technology to meet, you know, our members needs is a constant source of stimulation and, you know, just just working hard to ensure that Flowers continues to remain really relevant and engaging. That's an ongoing, you know, source of satisfaction as well. Yeah, and uh, it seems you're just as enthusiastic now as the day that you started. So that's uh, that's really quite remarkable. And it's been, um, yeah, the program has been a great success. So I think that's um, that's definitely something you can congratulate yourself for. Well, thank you so much, Phil Hawkins, for joining me on the AFF on Air podcast, and all the best. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. Well, I hope you found that interview interesting. Uh, by the way, Phil mentioned to me off air that he does actually read AFF and the Flybys 401 AFF from time to time. And um, he also mentioned, and I found this quite interesting, that AFF members often pick up on systematic issues um, that may be um, happening with Flybys, even sometimes before the Flybys Service Centre is aware of them. Um, so he finds it quite interesting to read what people are talking about. And I know that some of our regular members will have noticed that uh, Flybys is quite active on the AFF forum 
and they do respond to member queries and fix um, any issues that arise quite quickly, which I know is very much appreciated by the AFF community. Just finally today, as many of you know, Australian Frequent Flyer holds an annual weekend gathering in a different city around Australia each year. This year is the 14th annual gathering and the event is planned for the first weekend of December in Canberra. The event is still going ahead, I'm pleased to say, but due to COVID-19, there will be some limits on the number of people we can have at each of the activities and the dinners. You can read more about the event on our forum, and I'll put a link in the episode notes. Um, If you are interested and are planning to attend, we would ask you now to please fill out the expression of interest form so we can just get an idea of the numbers and make final preparations for the weekend. I do realise that some of you might like to come but might not be able to get to Canberra due to the border closures, particularly those of you in Victoria and Western Australia. Um, That is a shame, but unfortunately there's not a lot I can do about that. Um, If the borders between those states and the ACT have reopened by December, you are of course welcome to come if we've still got space. But um, yeah, it is a bit of a challenge and uh, organising this has been um, certainly a bit of a headache, but um, hopefully it'll be a really good weekend. Now, that's just about all for this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest, Phil Hawkins from Flywise, and thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, have a look at the episode notes. You'll also find a link there to the AFF On Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum, where you're welcome to discuss this episode, provide feedback or suggestions about the podcast, or ask me a question for a future episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd just take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, take care.